The Productive Woman, Episode 123. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me again. In this episode, we're going to talk about around 14 simple things you can do this week to make life simpler and set yourself up for a great year. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 123. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. I am so happy to welcome FreshBooks back as a sponsor of The Productive Woman once again. As I've mentioned before, I've been using their service and loving it for several months now, even when they weren't sponsors. And they've got now an all-new platform that makes what they offer even better. They're offering a free 30-day trial to The Productive Woman listeners who sign up at freshbooks.com woman. Those of you who are freelancers or solopreneurs or running a small business, you owe it to yourselves to check this out and see how it might help you get your work done a little better and get paid quicker. You know, only five to 10 years ago, working for yourself was considered a little bit off, a little taboo. It was kind of looked down upon uh, in a, a lot of circles, kind of the thought being that you couldn't get a real job. But that is absolutely no longer true. Today, the statistics are that one in three Americans is self-employed. The, the trend is growing. The anticipation is that by 2020, the group of self-employed Americans could grow to be over 40% of the U.S. workforce. And, you know, I'm guessing there may be similar statistics in other countries. Millennials, that generation, are 54 million strong. They're the largest generational slice of the workforce, and they change employers pretty frequently, and they are kind of more uh, inclined towards self-employment. The way things are structured wasn't always set up for the self-employed. Many institutions that currently support the workforce are simply not keeping up with the pace of change needed to serve them. So FreshBooks is among the innovators who have stepped up to provide a new solution for freelancers and, and entrepreneurs and small business owners in this rapidly changing market. And FreshBooks has been redesigned from the ground up custom built for exactly the way you work. Uh, the most important thing for everybody listening here is to is that getting started on FreshBooks is extremely simple, and I can testify to this, even if you're not a numbers person, probably uh, especially if you're not a numbers person. I am a word person, not a numbers person, but I love using FreshBooks. It's very simple, very intuitive, even for somebody like me. It's not only incredibly easy to use, it's also got all kinds of powerful features to help you. Um, you can create and send professional-looking invoices in you know, 30 seconds or less, all customized with your business's logo and colors. Uh, you can set up online payments. So with just a couple of clicks, your customers, your clients can pay you online with a credit card and you get paid the you know they they've studied this found that you get paid up to 4 days faster because it's just that simple and convenient for your customers 
FreshBooks lets you track invoices so you know when a client has seen the invoice, you know when they've paid it, you get notified. It even has a time tracking feature for those who bill clients or customers based on time spent on a project. So that's really helpful. And the dashboard they've got for you just lets you see at a glance how your business is doing. Income, expenses, outstanding invoices, just everything you need to know is right there. Uh, It's great on the computer, but it's got a really good app for your smartphone. So lots of features. If you are in that category of, of people who's working for yourself and trying to come up as this new year is getting started with a better way of managing your business finances, check out FreshBooks. As I said, they're offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. So to claim it, you just go to freshbooks.com woman and enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. They'll get you going. Give it a shot. Check it out. And let me know what you think. I, you know, I love it, but I'm interested in other people's feedback as well. So thanks so much to FreshBooks for supporting The Productive Woman. And now let's get into the main topic for this episode. Uh, you know, we're still in the beginning of the year as I'm recording this, uh, as you're going to be hearing it, it's kind of mid-January of 2017. And this is a time, as we've already talked in previous episodes this year, when people are making lots of whether it's resolutions or setting goals, and, and it's a time a lot of us think about the big goals that we've set for ourselves and the steps we're going to take to accomplish those. It's important to work on those steadily, um, you know, to break those big goals down into small pieces and just keep working at it and, and doing the little little steps one by one to get there. You know, we're going to talk in later episodes this year about managing our goals and doing the things we need to do to accomplish them. But this episode, I thought I'd share some little tasks you can do in 15 to 30 minutes or so, small steps that you can take this week, today, right now, while it's still early in the year, if you're listening to this when it's first published, to get yourself set up for a successful and productive year. So let's just get right into it. I think I ended up with about 14 of them, and I want to kind of go through those quickly. And I categorized them because that's what I do. And so the first set of, what is this, three or four of them are what I call kind of infrastructure things that you ought to consider doing right now, you know, this week to set yourself up for a great year. The first one is change some of your passwords. And we've talked about this in the past, way back at the very beginning of The Productive Woman in like episode one, I think we talked about passwords. And I've talked about it at various other times, how important it is to have good, strong passwords. Uh, because, and think about this from, from a productivity perspective, the issue is think about the time you would lose if you get hacked. The standard operating procedure for a lot of us still today in 2017 is a lot of people use one simple password and they use the same password for all their accounts. And that is just an invitation to a disaster. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time going into this, but there's real uh, peace of mind to be had from having good, strong passwords that are um, not easy to figure out. They're not a dictionary word. 
They are complicated. They're a unique password for each important account so that if one password gets hacked, that doesn't give the hackers access to your other things. So one of the things you can do right now is to change, just you know, spend 15 to 30 minutes changing some of your important passwords. For instance, your bank accounts. If you do online banking, go in and change, and that should be a strong password. I'm talking 12 to 15 characters. Um, you know, there's lots of different things. I may do a, an episode where we talk a little more about what makes strong passwords. I'll try to find a good article to put in the show notes for this as well, because this is important. But consider as your task for this week, changing your passwords for your bank accounts, for your Amazon account, if you if you use Amazon, uh, your email accounts, if you use Dropbox or Evernote, uh, any kinds of accounts that either contain or you store sensitive information, those kinds of accounts can be targets of hackers, and it's important that you have really strong, good, unique passwords for each of those accounts. You know, and you should change them periodically. That's the experts recommend. So this is a good time to do that. Now, of course, if you do that, if you change all these passwords and you follow the recommendations that they be you know, 12 to 15 characters, and they use a mixture of uppercase, lowercase numbers, and and the special uh, characters like asterisks and the ampersands and different things like that, those are hard to remember. That's the reason we get kind of goofy and, you know, use the word, the, the number one used password still is the word password, which is the first one hackers will check. We do that because it's easy to remember. Well, the way you can solve the problem of, of not being able to remember all these complicated, unique passwords is to use a password manager. And again, I've talked about this before. If you don't already use a password manager, y'all, you'd need to be using a password manager. This is a, a, an online service or it's a service that will do a couple of things. It can generate really good, complex, strong passwords for your accounts. Just by the click of a button, it'll make one up for you. And then it will store it for you in an encrypted, safe database. And then it will log you in automatically to your accounts when you go. So say I have a really complicated, difficult password for my Amazon account because I buy lots of stuff there. I have you know information stored there. When I go in my browser to... Um, and I click on Amazon.com, I use LastPass, and it automatically fills in that very long password for me. Those are the kinds of things that a password manager can do for you, and they make it easier for you to use the kinds of secure passwords that you really ought to be using. So again, I use LastPass. Uh, Other people use and recommend 1Password. They're both good. There are others, I think Dashlane or something like that. Uh, I will share in the show notes a recent online article from, I think it's PC World, compare, did a chart comparing the what they call the best password managers of 2017. You'll find the link for that in the show notes. You can check it out and pick one 
you know, whichever one you like, it compares pricing and all of that sort of thing. Find the one you like and use it. I'm spending a little more time on this one than I am uh, planning to spend on some of the later tips here. But this is really important. Again, there's been so many high-profile hacks lately. Yahoo was hacked, I think, either in late December or January, early January. It came out that, you know, Yahoo had been hacked and people's passwords were stolen. And then you got to change your passwords again, but these password managers will help you do that. So... I won't beat that dead horse, but really, first first thing you can do to make your life simpler and safer for 2017 is to change some of your passwords and uh, install a, a password manager. Second tip or suggestion for something you can do is along the same lines, and this this is to uh, make sure you have a good backup program for or system for your computers. You know, for many of us, so much of our life and our important information lives in our computers. We have personal records and business records in there. We have, you know, school papers for, you know, ourselves if we're still in school or our kids, manuscripts. I have lots of friends who are writers whose, um, you know, their book manuscripts live on their computers. And certainly for a lot of us, our photographs. Just so much important information is stored in our computers for most of us. Well, what if the unthinkable happens? What if your hard drive crashes and uh, can't be, you know, fixed? What if your computer gets damaged, you know, you spill, you know, your, your Diet Coke into your computer or, um, there, you know, heaven forbid, a, a tornado hits your house, or there's a flood, or your computer's lost or stolen, and all this important data is gone. The solution here is to have your computer backed up. And there are lots of different options for that. Um, first, uh, easiest, maybe simplest one to start with is to attach an external hard drive that you just plug into one of your computer's USB ports and just back up your important data. Uh, I'll try to find a couple articles on how to, you know, how to do this, but I think many of you understand the concept of doing this. You can buy these USB hard drives on Amazon for as little as, you know, $100 or so. Uh, and on the Mac, which is what I mostly use, all Macs come with a, an app called Time Machine that you can actually just with a couple clicks set it up to schedule regular backups of your important data onto your external hard drive. And so that's the first line of defense. I've got that. So you've got then a copy of your important data whatever's on your computer, there's a copy of it on this hard drive and it just gets updated regularly on whatever schedule you set it up for. That's in a, a great start. It's a good idea. The only problem with that is it, uh, you know, your external hard drive that's sitting there on your desk can be vulnerable to the same things that might happen to your computer. If your um, home is burglarized and your computer's stolen, they're probably going to take that hard drive along with it. Or if there's a fire or a flood or something, the same damage that's done to your computer will be done to that uh, external hard drive that's sitting next to it. So as a second backup, I, I would urge you to consider a cloud backup service like Backblaze or CrashPlan. Those are the two that I use. I actually have Backblaze on my iMac running all the time, backs up everything important on that. And then I have a separate laptop and I, I use CrashPlan on that. I, 
I installed these like years ago and I wanted to try both. And so I've just kept using them. These services are about, I, I think maybe $50 a year or so, somewhere around that worth every penny because once it's installed and it does that first big backup, it's just continually uh, updating the backup so that as you make changes on your computer, it updates it or, um, you know, backs it up to the cloud so that if, uh, the worst happened and your computer is gone and you, you know, so you can't retrieve anything, everything on it is lost. There's a copy of it in the cloud that you can get back and all your important data can be um, restored to you. So consider doing that as something to do at this beginning of the year. Keep in mind, a lot of us use Dropbox for storage, for cloud storage. And I want you to keep in mind that Dropbox, strictly speaking, is not a backup. It's a great service, a great tool, and I use it. All, a lot of my files and, and documents are in uh, Dropbox. But the fact is, if your devices are all on the internet and you have Dropbox, you know, I have it on my Mac and on my phone and on my iPad and various things. Um, so it's all there. I can get at my documents from all those devices, which is awesome. But if they're all hooked up to the internet and they're all syncing, which is why it's so convenient, whatever you delete on one of them will be deleted on all of them. So that's why it's not a, a, um, a backup per se. So it's a great service and you should use it, but it, don't consider, if that's all you're using and you're thinking of that as your backup, it's not necessarily your best choice. One little side note, it is important to back up our computers, but even if you do that, or if you don't use a computer much, but you use your smartphone to take photos, if you're not copying those onto your computer or getting them onto your computer in some way, think about what would happen to all your photos if something happened to your phone. Uh, there needs to be a way, you know, for many of us, you know, if we're taking pictures of our kids or, or important family events or whatever, those photos are really important to us and it would just be tragic to lose them all. So when you're thinking about a backup plan, consider a way to back up the photos that you have only on your phone. For me, I use the Photos app and I, um, my photos are synced. So what I take on my phone goes into the Photos app on my Mac. But if you don't do something like that, there are a couple of options, just simple things. If you use Dropbox, as I was just talking about, that can be set to automatically upload whatever photos you take on your phone into, your, into a Dropbox folder. So check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes to the uh, Dropbox help article that explains how you do that. Google Drive has a similar option. Uh, Amazon Drive, if you, are, uh, if you are an Amazon Prime member, they offer unlimited photo storage for Amazon as part of your Amazon Prime uh, subscription. So again, I'll put links for all of these in the show notes, which you're going to find at theproductivewoman.com slash 123. Uh, you'll look for those links and you can check that out and, and figure out a way to back up your photos so you don't have the, the misery of having lost you know all the photos off your phone. So that's number two. Again, these first ones are kind of... I think they're really important and they're things we don't always think about all the time. So I'm spending a little more time on those. It's going to go quicker. We're not going to have a two hour episode here today. Number three, clear some digital clutter. Take 
15 minutes and unsubscribe from 10 or more e-newsletters and store mailing lists that you're getting into your email inbox. You know, if you shopped online for the holidays, you likely got on some mailing lists for whatever stores you bought from. If you gave them your email address, you're going to start getting mailings from them. Or maybe you subscribe to some e-newsletters from different, you know, whoever, speakers or writers that you like, businesses that you like. But you don't have time to read them anymore, and they just keep coming in and you delete them. Well, take a moment next time you receive one, scroll down to the bottom and click on that unsubscribe link. And just, you know, this, this is something that takes, you know, five seconds. And you can start to clear out some of that clutter that's filling up your email inbox. Uh, for a kind of bigger version of this, consider a service that will filter out the spam or actually automatically unsubscribe you from newsletters and, and mailings and things that you don't want. I use something called Unroll Me. It's at unroll.me, but I'll put a link in the show notes uh, on one of my accounts. And on Apple Mail on my Mac, I use something called Spam Sieve, which does a really great job of sorting out my email and kind of figuring out what's spam, and, and it learns as I check it. Uh, spam Sieve is available. You can get a free trial. I think this is. I think it's Mac only. And then if you like it, it's $30 to buy it. Unroll Me is free, at least at the time that I'm doing this. Some people also use a service called SaneBox to help sort out important emails from less important. So again, links in the show notes, you can check those out. If you want to uh, cut down on the amount of stuff coming into your email inbox that you've got to take time to, to process. And number four in the infrastructure category then is... Uh, to take 15 minutes, half an hour, to gather all the receipts and records you're going to need to get your taxes done. So don't wait till the last minute to do that. Uh, Gather up that stuff and get it ready for whether you're doing your taxes or you need to take them to an accountant or, or whatever, but have it all ready to go. Now, if you don't have a system for saving and sorting your um, your receipts and papers that you need for taxes, th- this might actually turn into a bigger project than fits into this list of 15 to 30-minute tasks. But you can prepare for next year by setting up a system for collecting them. I actually usually get all my receipts digitally because most of the things that I do I order online. And, you know, they'll email you a receipt or something like that. I save all of those into Evernote throughout the year. And each year I create a tag that says, you know, like for this year, well, for for last year, because that's what I'm thinking about now, uh, I have a tag of 2016 taxes. So every year, you know, there was 2015 taxes. Now I have a tag of 2017 taxes. So when I get a receipt, I can... Um, use the secret email address that Evernote gives everybody, uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes for how you can find out what it is. Um, and I can just forward that receipt email to Evernote, and and it goes in my inbox, and then I can just put the little tag on it for 2016 taxes. I've been doing that all year, so uh, when it comes time for me to gather up the stuff for my taxes to be done, I can just click on that tag in Evernote and it will gather every receipt, every document I've sent into Evernote that I tagged for 2016 taxes, put them all together, 
And then I can um, use Evernote's table of contents feature to create a single note that has links to all of those. And so in a matter of moments, I will have collected all my receipts for the year for my business expenses. So that I, I recommend that as one way of handling your receipts. But if you don't manage yours digitally, just take a few minutes now to get ready for this year to have a, a single file or an inbox or something that you put receipts in as they come in and be religious about putting them there. Don't keep them in your purse or in your briefcase or on the kitchen counter or whatever. Have a place where these things go, put them all in there and maybe schedule a few minutes once a week or once a month to uh, sort them by the type of expense or whatever it is you need to do with them. That way they're all together and in one place so that this time next year, if you weren't able to do it this year, this time next year, you'll be all ready to go. So those are my kind of the four little tasks that I thought of in the infrastructure category. Then there's um, a category of a few things to create some space. And so here's a quick thing that you can, we can do now. And I actually did this uh, a week or so ago. Spend 15 minutes, maybe more if you're, you know, is your bathroom's bigger, but 15 minutes just going through your bathroom medicine cabinet or wherever you keep medicines in your house and throw out any old or expired medications, ointments, treatments, etc. Um, clear out that space. It's not healthy to have that anyway. Throw it away. And while you're in there, maybe toss any old makeup that you've got in there that you haven't used in the last six months or so. Clear out that space, clean it up, uh, make room for the new and uh, a, a, a more spacious 2017. Similarly, uh, number six on my list was to this is a little bit bigger project, but you could do this in, in 20, 30 minutes if you work real quickly. Uh, empty your refrigerator, throw out anything that's in there that's past its sell-by date, quickly wipe down the shelves and bins, and then replace only the edible food, putting leftovers kind of near the front to be eaten real soon. Uh, and while you're doing that and thinking about that, consider next time you go to the store, replacing your old plastic storage with clear glass containers. Um, there's, I think Pyrex makes some now. It lets you see what's in there so it's uh, more likely that you'll eat it instead of it just keep getting shoved to the back until nobody can recognize what's there. Number seven, this is a real quick one. If you've got an empty box, say a medium-sized box, in your house, uh, you know, packing box type thing, or uh, the kind of box that, say, reams of paper come in would be a good size. Uh, just take 10 minutes and, and take that box and just walk through your home kind of quickly, looking for books, clothes, decorating items, or whatever that you don't use, you don't love. Uh, fill that box as you walk around and then donate it to charity. Now, this does not replace a thorough decluttering, as our recent guest, Lisa Woodruff, would tell you how to do, but it's something. It's progress, and it helps clear things out. But the, the trick to this is just being real quick about it and real just take that quick look and, yeah, I don't, I don't need these books anymore. Just paying attention for a minute to the things that are lying around your home and realize, no, I can get rid of this and make some space. So those are the three for creating space. The next two categories are more, I guess, personal, and I wanted to include some of these on here. So the next four are steps you can take right now to connect more. 
So number eight on my list, the first under the connect category, is to reach out to a local friend or family member you haven't spent any face time with lately and schedule some time together, whether it's just to grab coffee, to have lunch or dinner, play a game of tennis, uh, just whatever. Just take, take that five, ten minutes right now to reach out to them, to schedule some time to spend together. It's... Um, big on my mind these days how quickly life passes by and we can get so busy living the day-to-day that we forget those relationships that are out there that are important to us and we always think there's going to be more time and sometimes there isn't. You know, I have friends and family who've lost people important to them in the last six months or so and it really is making me aware of the importance of keeping those connections strong. So reach out to somebody who's local schedule some time with them in the near future. Number nine on the list, this is kind of a different, again, you can probably guess why this is on my mind, but take a look at your social media feeds. Whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, more likely Facebook and Twitter is where this might be an issue. And ask yourself, are the voices you're seeing in that feed coming from people you care about or who are encouraging you to be your best self Or are they voices that are upsetting you or making you angry or any of those things? And just give some thought next time you're on Facebook or in Twitter to uh, consider pruning your friends list and reducing the number of inputs that are adding noise in your life if it's not inputs that are, are helping you be your best self. Number 10, buy a box of blank greeting cards next time you're at you know Walmart or somewhere. Go into the stationery section, find a box of just the blank greeting cards that have pretty covers and then no text inside, and keep those home and start a practice of sending a little handwritten note to people who cross your path or cross your mind. Whether it's a thank you for a kindness that's done to you, or a word of encouragement to somebody you know who's going through a hard time, or a pat on the back and a yay you for someone who's achieved something. This is not something that's done very often anymore, but as I was thinking about this list and some things that I want to do to connect more with people and to be more present and aware of the people around me, in a time when things have gotten pretty hostile in the public square, I just this is something that's on my list for next time I am at uh, at the grocery store or at Walmart to to buy a box of these cards, just have them handy with some stamps in there, and uh, watch for opportunities to to send something to cheer somebody up or to celebrate with them. And number eleven is kind of on the same lines. Uh, something that can help you set up this year well is to take a few minutes to write a letter to somebody who's impacted your life positively and send it to them. And I mean, you can send an email, I guess. uh, And, and, you know, people like getting encouraging emails, something that's not asking them for anything, but just uh, letting them know what you, you know, how much they mean to you or how much they've helped you or whatever you want to say. But but consider sending a, a letter in the U.S. mail, you know, just a, a piece of paper that somebody can have in, in their hand that has your handwritten words telling them what they mean to you. Uh, something to consider. And finally, real quick, uh, the last category of things that you can do in 15 to 30 minutes to uh, set yourself up for a 
positive and productive and successful 2017. These last three are in the category of self-care. So take a few minutes right, you know, right now to schedule your annual physical, your mammogram, your dental checkup, your, you know, your eye doctor appointment, all those kinds of things that you should be doing every year. Just last month, I realized that, that for a number of reasons, I've skipped my annual dental checkup. I usually go twice a year and I skipped it the last year. Things just got crazy and I just never, you know, it just escaped me. So I, I usually schedule my like my annual physical, the mammogram, and those sorts of things all during my birthday month, which in my case, it's in May. So now's a perfectly good time to call my doctor and my endocrinologist, those different people, and make those appointments now. Get them on the calendar, put notes in, you know, in the calendar entry, include notes for the address and any preparations you need to make. Like if they tell you, well, you need to fast that morning, uh, in preparation for the blood work they're going to do or something like that. But make those appointments now. You need to take care of yourself in order to have a successful and productive year. You've got to be healthy and strong, and this is one way to do it. Number 13, consider taking a few minutes to establish for yourself or create a new morning or evening routine that nurtures you. So for instance, I didn't make enough time for reading last year. Uh, I, I did lots of things like to prepare for episodes and stuff, but there I have a stack of books that I want to read and time would just get away from me and I'd be up too late and, and didn't make the time to just sit and read for pleasure or read for inspiration or for knowledge. So now I am committed to getting ready for bed about half an hour earlier and actually spending you know, that half hour reading a paper book. And I love my iPad and the, um, you know, my Kindle app on my iPad. That's what I usually have been reading on. But lately I've been getting paper books and putting away all the digital stuff. And so this half hour of time is for me to read something from a book that's interesting to me or informative or that inspires me or makes me think. And when I can, I make a cup of herbal tea. If I'm doing this in the evening, I like a tea called Sleepy Time. Uh, to, it's not caffeinated or anything. And I'll sip that cup of herbal tea while I read. So that's a new part of my evening routine that just, I don't know, leaves me feeling nurtured and cared for. And, you know, there may be other ideas of things that you can do. Start a gratitude practice or a journal or both. Uh, start a ritual or a routine of going for a walk in the morning or in the evening, either alone or with somebody you love. Maybe you've got more than one child and you can start a routine of, of going for a walk, you know, alternating with your kids. So you have a little one-on-one -on -one time with one of your children. Or maybe you want to add five to 10 minutes of meditation or prayer or both uh, to your morning or evening, but something that nurtures your soul, that nurtures your um, your mind, uh, that nurtures your spirit, helps you feel um, calmer or inspired or whatever it is that you feel like you need. Consider doing that. And finally, a quick project that you can do or a task you can do is start a list of things that you enjoy doing, things that make you happy. Uh, whatever they may be, whether it's crocheting or running or um, talking with your mom on the phone or, or you know, whatever it is, or reading, 
But start a list of things you enjoy doing. Really think about, what do I like to do? What are these things that I enjoy that make me happy? And then schedule a little bit of time each week to spend doing one of those things. As I thought of that, I thought of a book I read years ago by Julia Cameron. It's called The Artist's Way. I think that's the one that talks about the concept of artist's dates, a time when you go do something that feeds your soul, and maybe you go to the art museum and just walk around and enjoy it, or whatever it is. But start that list of things that you enjoy doing, and make sure you schedule it into your calendar to do those things, to spend a little bit of time each week doing something that makes you happy. Um, it kind of goes back to the the helping us understand and remember why we, we go to work, why we do the things we do. It's all about building a life that nourishes us, that makes us happy, that is meaningful, a life that matters. And uh, doing some of those things can get, you know, that we enjoy can get lost in our drive to accomplish more and more. But I'm committed to being more mindful of those sorts of things and doing the things that are just for enjoyment and that just nurture my heart. But what about you? So those are my 14 that I came up with as I was planning this episode. Do you have any suggestions for little actions that we can take or small tweaks to our system or our day that will help the rest of us get off to a good start this year? I would love it if you'd share those with us. You can share those in the comment section of the show notes, which again, you find at theproductivewoman.com slash 123. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page, or maybe even better, if you're in the uh, Productive Woman Community Facebook group, uh, c- jump in there and share what your um, what your little steps you're taking to kick off the year well. Uh, we have some great conversations in there, and I'd love to have you in there if you're not already. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, those, so any number of ways that you can um, give me some feedback on this episode and share your ideas about how we can uh, do make little changes to make our year better. If you enjoyed this episode or any others, as always, I would ask if you do me a favor and help me share the word or spread the word about the podcast. Uh, If you've got a friend who doesn't know about The Productive Woman yet, maybe you could tell her or him about it and show them how to subscribe. Uh, You can share an episode by using the social sharing buttons uh, in the post for this episode or any other. There's different ones you can click to share on Facebook or Twitter or wherever, and I'd love it if you'd help... um, share this episode or whatever other episodes you like that way. And uh, if you haven't already done so, I I would really love it um, if you'd consider leaving a review in iTunes. It helps me kind of see, I I just appreciate the feedback. I mean, I love the emails and everything else. And if that's your uh, preferred way of giving me feedback, I, I, that's, I'm happy with that. I love hearing from you guys. Uh, But if you haven't left a review in iTunes, consider doing that. You can go to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes, and that'll take you right to the place where you can either subscribe to the show in iTunes or leave a little review there. So thanks for those of you who've done that already. And that's, I think, it. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, FreshBooks, and take advantage of their 
special offer of a free 30-day unrestricted trial of their outstanding cloud accounting service. Visit freshbooks.com woman and enter the productive woman in their how did you hear about us section. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for supporting the productive woman. That, my friends, really is it for this episode of the productive woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope there's something in it that's helpful for you, and I'd love hearing your tips. I'm serious about that, y'all. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on some things that I could do. So I look forward to hearing from you, and I also, of course, look forward to talking with you again very soon. I have a, an exciting guest next week. I can't wait to share that episode with you. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself, and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.